Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Barbara, California, my guest is a singer-songwriter who plays guitar and heads up the indie rock band The Agreeables. Their music is on radio station playlists ranging from Boston to Indiana to San Francisco, and they have released a couple EPs. We're also going to talk about the band's cartoons. My guest is a former writer for such publications as the LA Times, Playboy, and ESPN Magazine. You've been hearing a song by the Agreeables entitled Hell. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Rick Sipes. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Rick. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm looking forward to talking to you today. Uh, we do always start off first by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that we played during the intro of the show. So tell the listeners all about the agreeable song called Hell. Well, Hell is probably our most popular song, I would say, from playing it for the last few years. And um, it came about, I originally um, started the band with an ex-girlfriend and um, we were agreeable at that point. And then she uh, she came and left the band a couple times, and I think this was the third time she had left the band. <laughs> and it was the first rehearsal after that um, practice with the remaining band members, and we were just improving and having a great time. And that song came out of uh, out of my psyche, I guess. Wow. Um, and we knew we had a song. We all looked at each other, and uh, nothing. I have nothing bad to say about her. She's still wonderful, but um, <laughs> it just—it was one of those just really fun, creative moments uh, that came out of it. But I wonder, in an instance like that, well, for, for openers, maybe I can answer my own question and say, were you were you recording already? No, we were not. Okay, so my question was going to be, when a band has a moment like that and everyone kind of looks around and says, hey, we got something here, how do you how do you rec- replicate that in the same manner that you just did spontaneously in the first place? Well, I had the chorus down pretty well, the hell, hell, living with you. So I, I remembered that, and um, so the guitar player at the time was the one uh, riffing on the chords, and I just asked him um, what those chords are, and I took those chords home and uh, just uh, wrote it from there. Just it came out uh, based on that. You know, you, we took, I took that seed, which was the hell, hell, living with you, was hell, hell, the chorus, and I built from that based on 
based on what was happening in the studio. Okay. Because if that makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, and, and obviously you know where I'm coming from. We've all seen those situations where people are sitting around and there's just this little jam going on and someone says, ooh, I like that. I like what you're doing there. What What is that? And the person, you know, will always respond, I have no idea. I'm just making this up. You right. know, and if you ask them to repeat exactly what they just did, it might be in the ballpark, but it won't be exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of times as musicians, as creative people, we we spend a lot of time worrying about those moments. What are, what are we going to do if we, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got a tune running through your head or you have an idea. It's like, oh, my God, will I remember it tomorrow? And what I found is that you might not remember it exactly as it is, but you'll remember it in the way it's supposed to be, and uh, it'll probably be even better than you thought rather than freaking out about it and mm. worrying that you're not going to get it down. But nice. I always try – you know, I always – if I get a melody or anything, I just whip my phone out my app right then and I hum it. Or I, you know, if I get a couple of lyrics down, I get it down just so I have something to build on. Okay, well, not that anyone's keeping score at home, but I do actually have one more follow-up question <laughs> to, to what you've said so far. And, and before, I, before I continue on to what I planned to ask you next, you said, and, and mind you, uh, listeners, Rick and I are meeting right now for the first time. So he, you, you don't know this. You, Bruce. <laughs> so you don't know this about me, but I'm someone who takes things very literally and, and analyzes what people say. And you said your ex-girlfriend and yourself that you were agreeable and I thought, well, does he mean at the time our band was only called Agreeable and they later changed it to the Agreeables? Or did he mean we got along swell? <laughs> you know what? We got along swell and that's why I named the band the Agreeables until we didn't get along swell. And uh, she went on. I, I still love her. We're still pretty close friends. She went on to be an opera singer. She has just an exquisite, wow. uh, most beautiful uh, her name is Camille Anderson. She has literally, I think, the most beautiful female voice I've heard in my life. Wow. And that's not just because I went out with her. Um, but, yes, we were a very agreeable couple at the time. And uh, we were looking for a, a, a name. And there it was. And then we weren't agreeable. And I decided that uh, <laughs> we're going to keep – I had actually had her sign something at the very – when we were agreeable that if we – when we split up – that I own the name The Agreeables and I'm continuing on. So, um, Interesting. so there you have it. Interesting. So, so yes, she was agreeable to a certain point and then she wasn't. And listeners, next week on the podcast will be Camille Anderson. Okay, I'll let her know. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have to say, listeners, I'm, I'm so grateful to be up to 111 countries where this show has gotten listeners from. So as much as I know that those who are familiar with you, Rick... Uh, and or the agreeable all 111 countries right <laughs> well i know that that those who are familiar with with you and or the band are going to be listening for that reason but for the sake of those who are regular listeners of the show and are just being introduced to you and the agreeables for the first time let's just provide a little background before we dig into much here my research showed that the band the agreeables was formed just about three years ago so i guess how long have you personally been playing and writing and singing? And then what were you doing musically before the agreeables? Um, I have been playing music since I was about 16, but I usually only played like three songs for like 30 years. <laughs> and uh, that was Helpless by Neil Young and um, I Shall Be Released by Bob Dylan. 
and I can't even remember the third. <laughs> and now, now I've got about a hundred covers I know. Wow. So I had been playing those three songs over and over and over and over. Um, in 2008, I went to see a rock musical called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, which later went to Broadway. Hmm. And um, I was inspired to write a rock musical. So I wrote a rock musical called Bad Daddy and uh, produced that in 2010 in Santa Barbara and therefore thus met Camille, uh, who uh. was my the agreeable okay and uh then we took that to boston in 2011 and produced it there so my music really started um with a full cast singing it was kind of a way for me to hide behind a lot of different talented um singers and musicians to kind of try my material out so that's how i got my start was through um that's how i got serious was through rock musicals what uh, I, re- I recently just did a rock musical this last October called Zombie Rock, which was about zombies who take over an open mic night. <laughs> and, uh, that's at zombierock.com, and that was a really fun project. And so songwriting specifically, when did you start songwriting? Um, I did a couple of independent films I produced and directed and wrote and did the uh, catering and uh, everything else when I was uh, in the 90s, early 90s. And I did the music for those, my brother and I. So I guess probably uh, in the early 90s, I started writing serious, not seriously, but started writing a few songs here and there. Okay. Okay. You were the uh, chief cook and bottle washer and decided I might as well write some Prop songs while I'm at it. Costume guy, <laughs> whatever it takes to get done. <laughs> Do we have anyone who could insert task here? No? All right, I guess it's me. <laughs> well, you know, you always know if you have to, rel- you know, you can always rely on yourself, hopefully. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. That's the person I am. <laughs> I like the hopefully part. <laughs> yeah. If you can't yeah. rely on yourself, then you're really in trouble. Exactly. I've had uh, some guests on that I have been asking about the difference between writing songs and doing other writing projects. For instance, two weeks ago on episode 112, Julie Moore of a talked about songwriting with Megan Lindsay, the runner-up on The Voice last year, versus a sitcom pilot that she, uh, meaning Julie, wrote. And on episode 106, Danny Brooks talked about a long career in songwriting versus what is now three books that he has written. So, Rick, what about you? I mentioned in the intro you're having written for publications ranging from the LA Times to Playboy to ESPN Magazine. I guess uh, differences, um, for that matter, similarities, doing that journalism versus songwriting? Um, I would say my process when I did journalism, uh, when I wrote for magazines and newspapers before the internet killed that line of work, was um, I would interview my subject or I would research um, what I was writing about and uh, do as much research as I possibly could. And uh, then something inside me would tell me to write and I would just uh, let it out, whatever it was, and not judge it, not get in the way with my mind um, and see what it was and step back and then start to form it. And I think my music writing is is not quite the same because the first part, I don't do any research before I write a song. The song... <clears throat> will just come out somehow for me. I don't, I don't, I rarely sit down to just, Hey, I'm going to write a song right now. Um, I just usually have moments of discovery at just random times. I could be taking a shower and a melody to come in my head. I could see a, uh, 
Um, I wrote a song recently, this beautiful girl I was trying to uh, get a date with on the internet to no avail. And uh, a really cool song came out of that. She'll never know it, her <laughs> loss. Um, but so when I write songs, it kind of just comes out and I just let it come out. And I uh, I get the basis of it, what, what it's what it's trying to tell me maybe the chorus or a verse or a melody and i just keep hammering on that and working on that till it's ready to um, break out of the box and go somewhere else um so for me songwriting is just um much more seat of the pants i, I guess my my experience the difference is the research i would do as a journalist or mm. if i wrote a screenplay or anything the research I do first gives me something to draw on. And I think the difference in songwriting for me is I, I'm kind of like a little kid, whereas I'm playing with blocks and if the round peg doesn't fit in the square hole, I try to ram it in the triangle hole. <laughs> and when that doesn't work, I finally like if like when I first started writing songs and Camille would be there sitting with me, I sounded just awful. And uh, and then all of a sudden I'd hit on something. So I think that's my songwriting. It's just much freer, more childlike. And I think to me that's part of the magic of creativity is getting out of our heads and uh, seeing what comes through us. Would it be logical to also say that one big difference is that, and, and I don't know this because maybe maybe you were pitching story ideas yourself, I was going to say is is maybe one obvious difference that in the world of journalism, they are telling you, this is what we need you to write about versus we're obviously in songwriting, just write well, about whatever you want. actually not too much because I was a freelance journalist. So that was really allowed me a lot of freedom. And I worked for like 40 different publications. Ah, and so okay. It was always something I was doing politics or I was, I reviewed music for AOL for a time. I, I interviewed a lot of different sports stars and, you know, uh, I, I was always doing something different and because I was a freelancer, it allowed me to – I've always been an idea person. So it allowed me to come up with my own ideas. Sometimes people for, – for instance, Playboy had me interview Dave Chappelle once hmm. and um, they told me to ask him all kinds of wacky questions like if you took, <laughs> you took Viagra on the moon, what would happen? <laughs> so I did this wild interview with Dave Chappelle who was really great and then Playboy cut all but two words of it. Oh my gosh! And a month later, Dave Chappelle broke out big. Oh so boy! They didn't think he was going to break out. So anyway, I was able to sell that interview to I don't know twenty different magazines. Ah, very but, nice. But that was one of the very rare. I'd say ten percent of the time, magazine would say, "Will you write on this?" Usually, okay. they were okay. they come to that was my job to give them ideas and okay. pitch different creative it's, ideas. Yeah, and so as a result, there was some overlap with. You know the creativity that you demonstrate through songwriting and saying, "Okay, I've got some, I've got some freedom here, that with my journalism I can write about something that interests me and something that I'm going to be more passionate about pursuing." Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think that should be any line of work if we can all possibly get there. <laughs> you know. Well, you were just talking about you know ideas coming to you. It could be you know as as you mentioned earlier when you're sleeping at night or. Uh, taking a shower or whatever. So I, I don't know if, if you've already answered my question, but I, I wanted to, to dig into the creative process a bit. And, I use and... Herbal Essence shampoo. <laughs> All right, next question then. <laughs> uh, songwriting, though, for you, wh wh where does where does it come from? How, you know, how does the inspiration strike? Is it, is it so just... So I'm going to go back to uh, that theatrical rock musical I wrote, which was called Bad Daddy. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I used to think when I was, you know, I, I used to be an actor years ago. I was on several TV shows. And then I was a filmmaker. Then I was a journalist. And I always used to think it was all me and it was about me. And uh, it came from me. And, hey, look at me. Aren't I brilliant? And then I, 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 you know, songs write me now. That rock musical wrote me and it mm. taught me. I sat on the beach and I just started playing a, a couple chords and this, this thing came out of me. And it really humbled me as a person and taught me as a creative person that it doesn't come of me, it comes through me. Mm. So that's what I really learned about songwriting and what music did to me. It broke down my ego and it, it just shattered me and humbled me in the creative process. So I can't tell you honestly where it comes from because who knows, but it definitely comes. I'm a conduit and I'm a vessel for this stuff that's coming through me. So I just try to grab onto it when I hear it or feel it and uh, see where it goes. Yeah, I had to laugh. Um, it, it was It was one of those moments where you know that the person is joking, but you also, I, I always like to use the expression, I'm, I'm only half kidding. That means I'm half serious uh, right. or vice versa. On episode 109, Christina Godet, she was talking about anything that you say, Bruce, you know, could be used in the song. I, I felt like, you know, anything you can say, anything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. So as you just said, you know, you don't know where it'll come from. And it could be, I was doing an interview with this guy named Bruce on a podcast and all of a sudden, something that he said, you know, gave Hold me... Hold on, a... something's coming to me, right? <laughs> there we and have the, it, folks. <laughs> I think that is one of the things about being a creative person, which is everything is included and everything being open to uh, your inspiration coming from anywhere, really, and um, not shutting down any avenues and being really truthful to yourself. And um, sometimes that's difficult, um, when you, let's say you write a song about a parent who abused you or anything, yeah, let's say you yeah. write that's something, you know, it, you got to give yourself permission to, um, to write what you're feeling and with no, no breaks on it to me. And that's, you know, the magic of being a good artist or a good writer or a good painter or anything is just, you know, honoring what you're feeling and what you're going through. Yeah. And deciding, uh, that everything is fair game. It's it's kind of what um, three weeks ago Ross Copley, a country artist, he was he was saying that with his songwriting, he decided at one point in his career that that he was going to let everything be. And, and these are my words, not his, but fair game. And as a result, he you know he did a he did a song like like you just said that you know was kind of painful. I mean, it wasn't something that serious. It, you know, he kind of danced around a little bit, but you could tell that it had to do with an ex girlfriend. Uh, so you know, opening yourself up and saying, I'm not going to leave anything. Uh, you know, untouchable. Like, well, I, I'm I'm not going to write about this. And saying I'll write about anything. That obviously is going to give you a whole lot more material. Um, I kind of feel like I'm talking about writing stand-up comedy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Barbara, California, is singer, songwriter, guitar player Rick Sipes. Check out his band's official website at www.theagreeables.com. They are on social media, too, of course. Follow the links from their website to check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Their music is available for purchase on iTunes. And you can also find The Agreeables on SoundCloud, one of the platforms where this show is available. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment, nhte.net 
For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio on nhte.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by, they call it, following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you very much. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I mentioned a few of them already. Ross Copley, Christina Godet, Danny Brooks, and also Julie Morava. And also, uh, go back to episode 72, listeners. Nelson Nelson Montana was the guest. He plays 11 different instruments, and just like Rick, he is a journalist. He has written for several magazines. Uh, the number is more than 300 articles published. Anyways, uh, that was episode 72 with Nelson Montana. And as always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners to this show. Very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. So, Rick, um, we're starting to get into the creative process. Another facet. uh, Can I add something really quick? Sure, sure. Listeners are more than welcome to not pay for my music, but download it for free on that website or at SoundCloud. Outstanding. So uh, theagreeables.com, listeners, or SoundCloud. Um, another facet of uh, of your career, Rick, we're talking about the creative process, is your animation work. I, I, I really love this aspect of the agreeables, I, I got to admit. I, I really think it's quite unique. Um, so just talk about Rick Sipes, the animator. Rick Sipes is the animator who's always been fascinated with cartoons from a young age and has not gotten over that <laughs> and um, really enjoys edgy, dark, kind of um, adult swim type of cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was just a neat outlet for my music and my creativity. And um, it's really awesome how you could connect. The people that have done my animations mostly live in Europe. And how you can connect with someone over there without ever talking to them. And they come up with such wonderful um, work from what my ideas. And um, so I've got about 19 or 20 little cartoons based on the agreeables. They're all pretty dark, humorous, and uh, some are political, some are not. And um, it's just, I just, I just, I really enjoy it. It's a really fun process to me. Like I said, I, I love the concept. Listeners, you, you really need to check out the band's website. It's it's like a comic book style website. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm naive and, and you know, there's tons of other bands doing this. But I just really think it, it really helps you stand out and, and makes the agreeables that much more memorable to go to a website like this, expecting to see, okay, here's another band website. And all of a sudden, voila, here's this really different presentation. Well, I thought that I think my music and my creativity, I try to be pretty colorful. And I, as I said, The Agreeables is kind of a superhero-ish name. So I figured why not run with that theme for the website and um, why not do some superhero cartoons on top of it? So again, being a details person, I'm curious for those that are listening that, that might be into that aspect of, of art. So when you say that you're an animator, but then you have some people in Europe that do the animation for you. I don't you, who's... do physical animation. Mm-hmm. I, I write the scripts and uh, do all the voices and 
provide the music and the direction for them. Okay. And okay. then I hire people usually off guru.com is usually where I find them. Uh, the last girl um, who's done some wonderful work for me lives in Scotland. Mm. And um, so, I, you know, I, I, I just send them emails of what I want and we correspond back and forth and pretty soon we have a fun little cartoon. Now, am I making too much out of it and you're just doing it for fun or is this in fact, no, Bruce, if I've got my business hat on and I want this to be a marketing tool to create more awareness for the agreeables and to kind well, of no, get people in? no, it was definitely it. started as a marketing tool mm-hmm. um, idea and because there's such, so you know, the, I mean, the difficulty and the challenge of of getting at, getting your stuff out there, whether you're a musician or writer or anything these days, is just there's so many people you're competing with. So how do you do something differently than everyone else is doing it was initially my thought. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's really difficult. It's a difficult market for anybody in the creative arts, and it's always going to be. So how do you approach that differently um, than other people are doing? So it was definitely a marketing approach, but it's also was a really something I really love to do. And I would love to have a cartoon on Adult Swim or something like that. Um, would be a dream of mine to do a cartoon, like officially. Sure, sure. Well, it's uh, as I say, you're, you're doing some marketing right there because it gives people all the more reason to not only go and look for what you have there now, but to continue to follow you online to see uh, if and when that does happen. And so listeners, uh, stay tuned to quote the popular expression, follow uh, Rick and, and more specifically the agreeables online so you can watch for the updates and, and watch for when there's new animated videos put out. Um, I want to go back, Rick, to... Can I just say the animated videos are all found by searching for agreeables animation at YouTube. All right. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is have a backup plan. Just like you shouldn't quit a job without having another one already lined up, If you perform regularly somewhere and for whatever reason decide you're just done with that venue, don't give it up until you have another site confirmed. Saying, I know I'll find somewhere else, is easier said than done, and it inevitably will take you much longer than you hoped. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. I want to go back to Zombie Rock, and and you mentioned uh, another musical. Um, I remember, gosh, this is going way back, uh, episode 33 with Sarah Donner. She's a singer-songwriter in New Jersey who um, posts a whole lot more about cats than she does about music. But I know know on that that episode, she talked about um, writing a musical. And it, it, it interests me when I, when I do get a guest, and it doesn't happen very often, 
uh, who has who has ventured into that realm because I don't think that's really something that singers that songwriters really think about in, in terms of exploring what other options there might be for them in the entertainment business so that's that's to as far as I know that's a that's a pretty big undertaking uh, doing doing a rock musical I just would like to hear more about and, and we can just talk about zombie rock since that's the more recent one but just uh tell the listeners more about that project if you would um, Zombie Rock came out of I, I play an open mic here in Santa Barbara For the last couple of years on and off And it came out of me being burnt out At that open mic Because as open mics are um, Want to do What usually happens that I've been in many open mics across the country And you kind of get the same guys Playing the same three songs every week <laughs> And they play them really well but it's always just kind of I can't understand why people can't play a fourth or fifth song the next week or why they have to keep. So anyway, I was really burned out and I was like I was having lunch with a friend. I'm like, I'm so done with open mic. And for that song, Hell, that started the show, I had done a, a music video that had zombies in it years ago. And I thought I bought the name zombierock.com then, the domain name. So it all came back around when I was sitting there with my friend and go, hey, wow, zombies take over an open mic because sometimes <laughs> they're like people that play open mics are like zombies. It's the same thing, same. And uh, so then I said about and I and I did it. I you know I cast it. I got the band and uh, I st- I actually had to play two different roles because one of the kids dropped out on me um, after being cast. And yeah, it's very all encompassing. And it's a lot of energy. It's really rewarding once it's done, but it's definitely more, uh, a lot more energy expended than just being a singer songwriter hanging out with yourself. And uh, nothing against that. There's right now when I'm trying to position myself as a singer songwriter, just hanging out with myself. <laughs> because uh, when you get a lot of people involved, especially when they're creative people, there's there's always seems to be some kind of issue or friction it's just it's not easy it's like like people say it's like herding cats but we pulled it <laughs> off uh the last show was on halloween and the whole audience was in costume wow. and El- elvis and sergeant pepper were sitting in the front row wow and i was able to make fun of elvis all night and at the end of the show <laughs> um we do the song um teenager in love but we change it to zombie in love <laughs> and elvis got up and danced with us and <laughs> Pretty soon, the whole audience in costume was dancing with us, and it was really—it was a very rewarding moment for a very um, uh, a project that you know took a lot of energy to do. I'll bet. I'll bet. It sounds like it. it sounds like it. I, I wondered was you know we joked before about the independent film projects in the '90s that allowed you to be the chief cook and bottle washer. Is that the experience that you drew upon? Because I wonder, someone gets the idea. You know what? I should write. I should write a musical, and then all of a sudden you go, "Wait a minute! How do you write a musical?" So what is your question? So is that is it? Well, I had that little bit of experience, Bruce, that we already talked about from doing independent films. I kind of had some sense of of how you'd assemble something like like that, or was it? No, I had no idea how to write one, and I called. No, a friend I had a sense. I've been, you know, what what I learned early on. I used to live in L.A. and I was chasing the um, holy grail of filmmaking, and uh, I was an actor for a while. What I learned really early on is you can't wait around for someone else to play in someone else's game. Mm. You have to go out and create your own game. And uh, that's, you know, 
waiting around to, to playing anyone else's game is like a lottery ticket is hoping for that. So I, I was fully versed on how to do that kind of production and capable of pulling it off. And uh, I had no doubts that it was going to happen. Once I, once I usually set my mind on something, I kind of follow three and through until it happens and uh, finalizes. Nice. Nice. You and I, Rick, we talked about in the lead up to this interview today, something that I can't have guests talk about enough because I've been very outspoken on a number of episodes of the show about how one should not be in a rush to form a band right away. The listeners have heard it plenty from me. Let's have you talk about forming a band and the challenges that go along with that. Wow. Okay. Well, forming a band off Craigslist, (laughs) just like anything on Craigslist, whether you try to sell a couch on Craigslist is challenging. And one out of, you're going to get one out of 10 people that will come through for you. But, um, I just think it's uh, the chemistry. I found an amazing guitar player on Craigslist. He was, uh, he was the one that helped me write hell. Mm. He was really young and, uh, we parted ways, but he was amazing. He was the best guitar player in Santa Barbara in the history of Santa Barbara, probably. But it, it's just it's challenging because people have day jobs and uh, it's hard to keep a band together. Everyone has a different agenda, so it's just difficult. So no, I I wouldn't rush it, but sometimes it comes really easily. Someone will come into your life, maybe off Craigslist, and you'll just go, um, you, you know, okay, this is a funny story. This is a segue. Okay. I'm currently looking out my window at my maintenance guy. My maintenance guy was originally in my band. Wow. And uh, he was a guitar player. And um, we had a gig one night, and the ex-girlfriend showed up at the gig. And I said to her, if you show up at my gig, you're getting on stage. (laughs) And this guy who I'm looking at out my window right now got really, really pissy with me and told me that no way. I quit if she's on stage. Oh, gosh. So he quit the next day. He he, he admitted um, that he's a father of three, and he admitted that he was in love with me and uh, quit the next day. Wow. So there's, there's some band drama. So wow. <laughs> the kid that came in after him from Craigslist was just amazing. So it happened really quick. But I've gone through a lot of different band members uh, in the past three or four years playing around town and um one of the things i have to remember is that it nothing lasts forever and to cherish the moments when you're out there with people you like and that's really awesome when you like your people you perform with there's nothing i'd much rather perform with musicians i like than by myself it's just it's much more gratifying to perform with others um at the same time it's really difficult to keep a band together and that's a, it's a constant day-to-day challenge of finding rehearsal time and it just everything, and it, it's tough. Yeah, and I like the point you were just making. Uh, back on episode 69, Victor Wainwright said that he would rather have band members who are just great people instead of having the best bass player or the best guitar player but maybe that person is just really not a good person and you just really don't want to be around someone like that. He said, I'd rather have someone that's a good guitar player, but a really great person 
or a good bass player, but you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, right. uh, and so I like that you're, you're saying the same thing is, you know, yeah, it's definitely. really important to pick people that you're going to get along with. Yeah, it's important. And, 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 you know, it's an, it's an ego game. It's a, you know, everyone has a dream when they come into it. And I think one of the things for me that's a challenge is cause I, I usually write all the songs in my band and I have thus far. And that's because others don't really even want to try it. Hmm. And then when they all of a sudden do have a song, it's just, you know, it's not really in my genre and it's not really up to par. And then there's that falling out because I don't want to incorporate, you know, so it's a fine line between getting, it's like any team, you know, you got to get team players at every position and that's difficult to do. That's an ongoing thing. Yeah, so uh, listeners, heed the advice. Um, good, good input from from Rick here. Uh, so, okay, next, then let's talk about gigging. Uh, I and I'm sure the listeners would like to hear your views on how to get gigs, as as well as, unfortunately, some of the problems that arise along the way. So, I would say how to get gigs is you have to have a really good presentational package, which includes a website and really kick ass videos. And I don't mean videos shot with your phone. Um, I mean, nice videos edited with nice credits and everything. And once you have that, a good, uh, once you brand, once you have a good branding, like, as you said, you know, we have our, my branding is our cartoon superhero thing. That's my brand. And then I would say it's flat out persistence. And, uh, before I started writing for ESPN, I think I sent the guy 50 pitches. Wow. So it's 50 separate emails. Wow. And uh, I never stopped, and eventually I, I wrote for them on and off for like five or six years, mm. but I, I didn't stop. So in Santa Barbara, it's a really small music town. It's not a, it's not a great music town by any means. There's, very, there's only a couple of what, what are called listening venues, and the rest are all let's get drunk, and if there's a band in the corner, we might look at them once or twice. It's a very college-oriented town, but... Even in Santa Barbara, a small town like this, and and I've played like every at every venue there is. Uh, it took a lot, a lot of emails to get people's attention, and I think it's branding, it's persistence, and not feeling rejected, and not being really short. I think what I find is, I'll tell you now, I also have an app company, and, and it's called the Outrageous App Store, and I make some apps. And I hire some people on this guru.com and I specifically say in my hiring email, I say, please only send me two links to your best work. If you refuse to send me those two links, you will not be considered for the job. I got to tell you that nine out of 10 people then send me 40 links. Oh boy. So no one has the time, no matter how good your stuff is, no one has the time to sort through your portfolio. They don't. They don't have the time. So, put your best foot forward in as, as quick. As, Hi, my name's Rick. I have a band called The Agreement Agreeables, and here's a link to one of our recent music videos. And that's it. Don't tell us about your bios and this and that. No one cares. No, you know, no one's going to read it. So, get your branding. Be persistent and be really brief with people, and you'll be amazed at how, the response you'll get if you don't take up their time. And in terms of the challenge of gigging, to me, one of the biggest challenges is that 
at least in Santa Barbara, and I know other cities as well, is, is the, the owners of the clubs take advantage of musicians every day. So you got to, first of all, you're never going to get rich or even make a living gigging in a town like Santa Barbara. So if you're doing it to get rich and make a living, you should be in another profession. So, <laughs> but at the same time, you don't want to be taken advantage of. So you want something, whether it's we just played a place that gave us $25 in sausages. <laughs> you know, but it, they were offering something. You know, it's like give us something. You know, another place, a winery will pay us a couple hundred dollars to come out. So I think the challenge is um, the different club owners and depending where you are in your career, if you're younger, I guess you put up with a lot more crap than if you're older. It's like, you know what, I just don't have the time to – I'm not your work slave tonight, which a lot of some of the club owners treat you like you're a slave all of a sudden. Mm. So we had a gig one night here at a club at the nicest club in town. It was, it was like rock star gig. It was, <laughs> it was our, it was a phenomenal gig. I've never even had one close to it. <clears throat> Screaming people, blah, blah, blah. And two nights later we played at this little food place and the owner turned us down about 75 times and, Pretty soon, her friends, who bought their own bottles of wine to the to the um, dinner, her friends started to come up and sound check us too. Hmm. So we had like people who knew nothing about music telling us, "Well, you're too loud, and you're not loud enough." And then she'd come wow. out of the kitchen with a thumbs down. Wow! And eventually, she came over and she said, "Well, it was it was kind of a trial for a Friday night gig." And she said, "Well, I'll think about it." I said, "You know what? You don't have to think about it. I never want to play here again." Wow. And this lady was just her, – her face just turned white that I wasn't going to play her. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We don't want to play to mouse, to like quiet like that. We're, we're a rock band. And so it's just dealing with this – you know, it's being professional but at the same time not um, letting people take advantage of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great advice. Okay. Uh, very, very practical tips that you're giving out uh, here on this on this episode. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Santa Barbara, California, is singer, songwriter, guitar player Rick Sipes. Check out his band's official website at www.theagreeables.com. They are on social media, too, of course. Follow the links from their website to check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Their music is available for purchase on iTunes, but as Rick mentioned before, you can find The Agreeables on SoundCloud as well as free music downloads from theagreeables.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we've got the full audio on nhte.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much. Please do check out some of the prior episodes I've now here this entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I've mentioned a bunch of them so far in this episode. Uh, Sarah Donner on episode 33, Victor Wainwright, episode 69, Nelson Montana, episode 72, uh, Danny Brooks, episode 106, Christina Godet, Julie Morava. They're all on NHTE.net as well as other platforms. 
And as always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. Very much appreciate your time and interest and support. Rick, you mentioned the uh, Santa Barbara music scene. So where else is there in your proximity? You're you're two and a half hours. Los Angeles. I was going to say you're two and a half hours northwest of L.A., is is that the next stop, or is there some yeah, other? Yeah, exactly. You're on to it. Um, wow. I'm wow. now kind of trying to reinvent myself. It's just as I'm, I'm no longer. I've gotten confident with my own guitar playing skills enough to stand up there on my own and be raw by myself. So um, I'm now kind of trying to forge a career as a singer songwriter. I've been trying to um, open for some established singer songwriters at some clubs um, in New York and some other nice. cities. Nice. Nice. And L.A. is the next stop. My my uh, trepidation is I lived in L.A. 17 years and mm. uh, getting getting caught in traffic on the way to a gig <laughs> and, and shooting myself in the head because of it. Um, it's 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 actually only an hour and a half for me. But uh, so yeah, I actually just have been persistent trying to get some gigs in L.A. because I'm done with Santa Barbara pretty much. Um, as I said, there's only a couple good respectful listening rooms and the rest are just kind of you know play for unless you play white guy reggae or old school <laughs> rhythm and blues it's not a town for like indie bands like myself so yes la is the next stop and the next mountain to climb okay well uh solo rick sipes aside we have been talking all about the agreeables on the show but still have not gotten around to one important piece of business we you mentioned your your ex-girlfriend but uh tell the listeners who else is in the agreeables okay well the joke is the agreeables are now whoever is agreeable with me that <laughs> night. that's pretty much that's the truth so um now i have a couple of um friends that have been playing with me um um, Mike Burrich is a buddy of mine, a close buddy of mine who I met through a, a weekly basketball game we play in. And another friend, Joe Weedman, also plays guitar with me. And uh, a young woman by the name of Nina Carlin, who's an up-and-coming actress in L.A. who was starring in my zombie musical, also comes up from time to time and sings with me and is singing on some of the songs that are on that you'll find on SoundCloud. So... It's kind of like who's the lowest maintenance for me to go with. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so those three I've been playing with recently. Yeah, and um, I imagine that she's probably also the one who is seen. There's a couple of videos on the Agreeables YouTube channel of a, of a recent live, or at least yes, a post recently. Her. Okay, exactly. And, and I did want to mention, uh, we're about out of time, but we mentioned your, your animation work um and, and the fact that listeners can see that on YouTube, but the the lyric video on the Agreeables YouTube for the song that we played at the beginning of today's show has almost eleven thousand views. Is is there any secret that you want to share, Rick, with having that much success for that video? Yeah, pay for advertising. Really? <laughs> it, it, did you really? No. Are you serious? Did you really do it? And and, and obviously, it it really does work. I I think I paid. I did like a month long paid. Uh, Google Ads or something for that to get interesting. that. Interesting, yes. interesting. So, wow. so it did work in that sense. And uh, I like to. You're, the the last song you're playing is "Obscene Perfume Lady." Correct? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to give you a chance uh, before okay, we so, close to to talk so about. Before you close, like I said, songs can come. We talked about, like you said, songs can come from anywhere. So I was having a breakfast in my favorite little diner, 
and there's this older lady that comes into the same diner on occasion and you could be sitting at the back of the diner and you will smell her perfume. <laughs> and it's, I find perfume completely repulsive for the most part. And, um, and I don't know why older ladies, God bless them, put so much of it on. But this one day was so overpowering. And I went home and I said, yeah, I'm going to write a song called Obscene Perfume Lady. And so the, the interesting part was it started with this old lady in perfume and then became about a love story, kind of how this guy had gotten spurned by a younger woman that came into mm. wherever he was with perfume and how that stifling feeling was how he felt stifled in his small town. So wow. it totally morphed into this totally different thing than just the old lady walking into the diner with perfume on. That is perfume. really cool. That is really cool. And that's why I always like to have the guests talk about the song before we play it. That's, that's a really neat evolution of, of obscene perfume lady. Obscene perfume lady, there she is, she'll, and she'll never know it. That's the beauty <laughs> that she was the inspiration for a neat song. Well, Rick, thanks so much. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you for making the time to do this. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate it. And great questions. Good Thank stuff. You. Thank you, listeners. That will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, and animator Rick Sipes. Do check out his band's official website at www.theagreeables.com and then engage with them on social media. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Plus, remember that just like this show, they are on SoundCloud, so you can interact there as well. Don't forget about ZombieRock.com also. Uh, For that matter, tell Rick that you heard him and the Agreeables music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, if you'd rather purchase their music, it's available on iTunes. Uh, Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share. They call it repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net, plus there's a link there to this show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from The Agreeables. This is the one that Rick just talked about. It's called Obscene Perfume Lady. I'm out on the town Trying to find my peace of mind I'm just out I think I'm losing my mind When you walk in Changes something about you, girl. My life just rearranges. I've seen perfume.
perfume lady Is this some kind of a joke? Was it your intention To sit there and watch me choke? Cause I've been smothered I've been down Seems like your perfume has Remind me of this one horse in town I've seen perfume lady Do you have any fun? I've seen perfume lady Choke. Sit there and watch the choke. 